For Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose, I'm Ken Bollier. When it comes to having a finger on the pulse of global marketing and the important role purpose plays, Deb Malone stands alone. The founder of The Internationalist, a leading source of global marketing best practices and case studies, Deb connects people and ideas through original content, research, awards, programs, and events. Deb created AdAge International, served as global CEO of the International Advertising Association, and authored the book, The Reinvention of Marketing. Her marketing insights and intelligence briefs have become must-reads for CMOs and other industry leaders. Deb joins me today to talk about companies that are making a world of difference outside the U.S., her key takeaways from a new purpose playbook she wrote for the ANA, her concern about the rise of purpose washing, and more. Deb, welcome. Well, thank you. Wow, I'm, in, I'm impressed with the intro. It's always great when somebody talks about you, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> so I mentioned at the top, you've spent you know, much of your career writing about, surveying, honoring the most innovative and purposeful companies in the world. Can you tell me what commonalities these companies share that others can learn from? Well, it's interesting that you say that because um, whenever we think about marketing, one of the first words that comes to mind is always innovation. But I think when we talk purpose, the two things that stand out to me are a company's sense of responsibility and also their sense of relevance. And I think, what does that mean? Um, certainly, responsibility means looking at not only the needs of their consumers, but their employees, their stakeholders. I mean, there, there is a very deep feeling embedded into companies who are purposeful that really believe that, as a business, they have a responsibility to society at large, and, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. But the other thing is there is a sense of relevance. I think that we see how things change all the time. Consumers have different ideas about brands, different expectations about brands. We all consume media differently. You know, we also live in a very polarized world at the moment, and I think that these companies are not only responsible but they also want to be relevant and meaningful in the midst of all that change. So from a pure purpose perspective mm -hmm. now, tell me about a few companies that are making a difference in society that perhaps have flown under the radar. There's a lot of them, and I'll, I'll start with, with a few that are outside the U.S. and also some that might be actually in the B2B space and how that affects all consumers, and I think we don't always make those connections. One that I'm very fond of is, is Rockwool. Part of the reason is that, that I actually have used the product quite extensively in redoing a home. But Rockwool is a 81, 82-year-old Danish company that simply made insulation. And I say simply, I mean, it's an interesting story. It's insulation from, from spun rock, which is one of the world's most abundant materials. But the thing that's interesting about rock wool is that even though, in many ways, they are a purposeful company at their roots, because all of their materials can indeed be returned to the earth, they realized that there were bigger issues that they could solve. 
and one of them, without getting into a lot of detail, was issues surrounding the modern city. The noise level, certainly insulation, can deaden that. The issues of fires. We've seen so many fires in high-rise buildings. Well, their, their insulation can prevent that, and so on and so forth. And I think what's interesting about them from a purposeful standpoint is that when they finally decided to rally behind purpose as a marketing initiative, marketing that led the whole company in that direction, they actually saw a bigger picture in their contribution to society, to the environment, and so on. And um, they saw huge differences once they rallied behind that. So that, that's one very interesting company. And I'll run through a little bit of a gamut because I think it's just fascinating to see the differences that purpose can play in companies. Another is, is a tech company, a division of SAP, SAP Ariba. They're essentially procurement software. But one of the things that they recognized is that their customers were wondering, as they source materials and ingredients, they were wondering, where do these come from? Or is it from sustainable farms? Or is child labor involved? So what SAP Ariba did is they actually created a criteria for that so that procurement people buying these things could actually find out if it were true and make their own choices if they wanted to use that supplier. You can also take another example. We could talk about a, a, a much larger company um, that people may not think about as necessarily purposeful, but Shell. Shell is big oil, and um, or it, the, it's the old perception of big oil. Shell has done a tremendous amount to rally their entire organization around thinking about the future. In fact, to get there, they even ask every employee every year what contribution they personally want to make in their work to a sustainable future. So there, there's lots of examples, but that's just a beginning of so many that are starting to do it right. And would you say that you know, one commonality these companies have is that it purpose is being driven by the C-suite? I would say purpose is being not only driven by the C-suite, but I would say a true inside-out situation where all employees seem to be engaged or at least feel that they can make a contribution to the conversation around a purposeful direction of the company and that certainly the CEO is an advocate, whether he's the champion or not. I would say that a commonality is that most companies who do embrace purpose, that either the CMO is the champion or sometimes a new position is being started, which is a person that has full responsibility for a purposeful initiative. Often they might come from marketing, which is generally what, what the case might be. Well, speaking of CEOs, an association of CEOs recently issued a statement saying shareholder value is less important than value for customers, investing in employees, fostering diversity and inclusion, and protecting the environment. What's your reaction to this? I think that what's happening now is that people realize, shareholders in particular, realize that creating value for customers, investing in employees, fostering diversity and inclusion, and protecting the environment is 
what, what generates benefits for stakeholders. I recently spoke to Frank Cooper of BlackRock, and I, uh, Frank Cooper is the CMO of BlackRock, and I think it's interesting because BlackRock CEO last year came out with a statement that echoes this, that said that companies must have a purpose if they will matter to shareholders in the future. And I'm paraphrasing. Um, however, what Frank did say was quite interesting because he feels that a definition of purpose is the fundamental reason as to why a company exists. And that drives its ultimate goal. But he also said something that I thought was quite fascinating. He said, why you exist will be the new frontier. So I think that's very interesting in light of looking at everything from shareholders and CEOs. Mm -hmm. So why you exist is the new frontier. Sure. Do you feel that this is a, a great win for purposeful companies by CEOs coming out and saying this? collectively? Of course. The challenge is getting it right. And I think that's one of the biggest issues. We certainly saw that in the Purpose Playbook. And I think that getting it right for each individual company, regardless of size, is extremely difficult. So it's not as simple as deciding you're going to give to a cause or give to a charity. It's, it's much deeper. So let's talk about the Purpose Playbook. Um, which you recently Happily. wrote for the ANA. It's called Discovering Brand Purpose, based largely on interviews with seven global marketing leaders. Any surprises from your interviews and secondarily, any lessons learned there that perhaps uh, you may not have you know, heard previously in, a, in your interviews with CMOs? There's certainly, I, I think maybe the biggest surprise is how conscious people are about how much they have to go back to the roots of the company. That only echoes Frank Cooper's statement a minute ago. They really feel that, particularly if they're in large legacy companies, they really feel that they to start the purposeful process is to really go back to why the company was founded and then start to, to look at the evolution of it and why that should matter, why that's relevant today, if it is indeed still relevant. Also, the best ways that they can that they can serve their consumers. The other thing that was a little bit of a surprise is most people say that you can't necessarily put a time limit on discovering this truly authentic, deeply ingrained sense of purpose. It's not something that you can always do, you know, in, in three group meetings. Sometimes it's a year-long process. Sometimes if it's a bigger priority, maybe it's six months. If it's the size of a company, my goodness, it, you know, depending on the size of a company, it, it could take years to, to get it right and then to start to implement things company-wide. So I, I think that that's daunting when people start thinking about purpose, but that certainly, that shouldn't deter people because certainly the benefits outweigh the process. So for brands who are new to the purpose journey, what advice would you give them based on what you are extracted from your interviews with the CMOs? It's interesting that you say that because I think we have a couple of things going on here. What we're also seeing at the same time as many legacy companies are looking to rally behind meaning and purpose in a way that, that matters, we're also seeing that there are so many direct-to-consumer companies that are being born purposeful. One that's now celebrated a decade is Ally fin Financial. 
for example. They came to life out of the chaos of the financial crisis and wanted to be very, very conscious and meaningful about how people should think about the, finan- the world of finances. And um, they're a company that's, that's really lived up to their actions. They are a Detroit-based company, and recently they moved 2,000 employees to the inner city to try to be part of a rebuilding process because they believe that they can be one of the contributors to making Detroit bloom again. So I think what we're seeing, legacy companies trying to understand and understand the process and act on it. We're seeing some direct-to-consumer companies that claim to be born purposeful. Not not only Ally, Ally which is is ten years old now, but Allbirds, um, you know, wool shoes that are sustainably sourced, or or oh, so many cosmetics thrive cosmetics that gives back to make women thrive. We see so many of that. So I think that we're finding that founding stories matter, or founder stories matter, whether you are a new company or new to purpose. And that seems to be the place where the journey begins. Then I think it just evolves for people in terms of what they do well, what meaning do they bring into the lives of their constituents. And and it's very different for all. As I mentioned, you've done a ton of research over the years on global marketing. What is it telling you about purpose and in being a force for good? that some people, some marketers, this might be a point of confusion for them. Doing good is one thing, and purpose is, is a larger, deeper path. However, doing good can be the start of getting a company to think about being more purposeful. And I, I certainly don't discourage it. I would also say that that so many of the marketing awards that are out there, including our own, often come from, you know, an innovative moment where a company has embraced doing good in some way. Um, interestingly, we, we all celebrate in awards particular incidences as opposed to the long term. But I do think that this consciousness of doing good can start to make a difference in, in a company's purposeful journey. Doing good, may, as wonderful as it is, is not necessarily enough for the entire purpose mission. Can you just elaborate a little more about that? Uh, what what yeah. you mean about the differences between a brand purpose and doing good, and by that I would assume, you know, philanthropy, yes. Char- char- yes. charitable yes. efforts, things like that. For someone to get purpose right, it certainly means creating an environment where you take responsibility for not only creating a a wonderful product, but also for involving all stakeholders in in a process that encourages that product to make a known difference, okay? It's not enough anymore. Consumers want more from brands. It's not enough to be just a great product. You also have to either stand for something or do something or have a higher mission that makes consumers feel that you are dedicated and responsible and acting authentically and acting properly. You can't make manufacture shoes and, and use um, child labor. You can't you know, there's so much in a social media world that becomes so transparent. So the difference between creating a purposeful mission and acting authentically in every possible way that a company can 
from financially to sourcing products to sustainably to, to how they communicate with their employees and communicate the world. And doing good sometimes is philanthropy. Sometimes it's part of a give back from a purpose program, but it's one portion of the complexity of purpose. There's still a fair amount of skepticism out in the marketplace about whether purpose drives growth. What do you say to the doubters out there? As we've said, that consumers want something else from brands today. And if a company doesn't authentically embrace its roots, its mission to be a meaningful full company and a meaningful brand, then I think that you are going to find that, that you become certainly less relevant. And yes, of course, there's lots of ways that marketers might be able to jump on a bandwagon because there is something that's trending among consumers and that might sell products uh, for the short term. But I think that we're, we're living in a time when the lifespan of companies is a lot shorter. And um, I think the statistics say that the, Fortune, the average Fortune 500 company used to have a lifespan of 75 years. Now it's 15. I believe that if companies don't get purpose right, they're going to find that their lifespan is a lot shorter. Which leads into purpose washing, which I know is a big concern of yours. Mm -hmm. You know, as more companies jump on the purpose wagon, mm -hmm. perhaps they're not being truly purposeful. I'd love to get sort of your definition of purpose washing and really get at the heart of some of the issues that you're seeing out there right now. I think that one of the ways to look at this is that Unilever's new CEO, Alan Jope, recently said at the Cannes Ad Festival that if brands do not, in their portfolio, if brands don't have a purpose or cannot communicate that purpose meaningfully, they're not going to stay in the Unilever portfolio. And I, I think what he is trying to say is that brands have to go through the exploration to get it right because it's very simple to just put a veneer on things today and say, oh yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're purposeful. You know, we, we do make a contribution to this or we make a contribution to that. And unfortunately, given some of the emotion that you find in, in social media, there's often a lot of immediate reaction. I'll give you a, just a couple of examples that, that I still am sure. um, trying to weigh, and I, I find them complicated examples. Cadbury's, which is a, obviously a chocolate company, whose founder actually did a tremendous a lot of good in, when it was founded in creating great housing for their workers, you know, in a Victorian England where housing workers didn't really work, didn't have much. Recently, to celebrate independence Day in India, Cadbury's did a chocolate bar that was a melding of white chocolate, milk chocolate, and dark chocolate. And within India, just said on Independence Day, and again, it was in many local languages, that we're celebrating our strength as a country coming together. Now, it had an okay reaction in India from what I can gauge, but then what happened was a couple of weeks later, the ad made its way through, and there was an uproar in the UK that this was purpose washing because you're taking something as simple as a chocolate bar and you're trying to put you know, the various colors of races in there and so on and did that trivialize it and so on. I think that might be an issue and I don't have enough local information to know how things really did resonate in India, but it certainly didn't have the uproar 
that it had outside of India. Now, perhaps people think that is purpose washing. And I think that we live in a time where it's very difficult to gauge what the reality is of some of these issues on a global basis. But certainly social media will come out with people just offended by things, and then sometimes it fades very quickly. So how can brands guard against purpose washing? Well, I think it's, it's back to the root of the issue. It's, it's about trying to get your, an authentic, purposeful program, or not even a program, I mean, it, it, it just becomes part of your company's DNA if you get it right. Now, it doesn't mean that there won't be mistakes. And I mean, we've seen Dove, for example, one of the first embracing real beauty with their, their extraordinary campaign that has endured over time. And they've, they'll admit to making some of their own mistakes. And sometimes it's marketing going too far. One of the mistakes that they'll certainly admit to is um, they came out with bottles, packaging, which were supposed to mimic the shapes and sizes of different women. So some were taller, some were wider, you know, some were curvier. And um, that flopped. So I think even, even companies that get it right will sometimes get it wrong. In your heart of hearts, do you think we'll still be talking about brand purpose 10 and 15 years down the road? Actually, I do. And part of the reason is it does take a long time for companies to implement things. When the internationalist first started Marketing Makes a World of Difference, that was, we saw certain trends seven years ago in terms of, of great work that was making a difference. We're still talking about that. And I also quite intrigued by the rise of direct-to-consumer brands, many that seem to be born out of purpose. Also, legacy companies that are not only trying to rediscover their purpose, but in some cases are even buying some of the, the direct-to-consumer brands. I'd be curious to see how the direct-to-consumer brands reconcile some of their valuations in, in their purposeful issues. But I think we're just always growing in a sense of sophistication in terms of how we see purpose. And to have it be ingrained into the DNA of a company not only takes time, but it takes evolution. And what might be working for Shell or, or Mars, some of the great companies who are doing purposeful things, that may change again as consumers and, and issues change, you know, in two or three years. So it's, it will be, I think, ongoing. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. Thank you for joining me on, on the Beyond Profit podcast. I appreciate it. For more information on The Internationalist, please visit the-internationalist.com. That's the-internationalist.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.